It would have to be getting bowed. Yeah. I mean, there's something so exhilarating about it to me. Yeah. Um, but hanging ten. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. It. It's just slipped ten that element of doubt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. Howdy doody. I'm Mitch. Howdy doody. Happy, is how you're going now, is it? Happy New Year, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> what a start to the new year for There's you. That was a start. Yeah. I assume um, that's when this is coming out. <laughs> yeah, this one's coming out in the new year. And on today's show, we have one Mr. Ben Skinner. Oh, yes, we do. And uh, what a pleasure it was to sit down spend the day with him and see his minions bringing him in drinks <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mid-interview <laughs> yeah that was uh that was quite interesting actually but the place he's got there is a real nice setup as well isn't it in um down in Newquay. yeah do you know what? it's a class setup and it's almost like i don't know it's it's like a classy version of a walking dead you know village they take over it's yeah. got like it's got like iso container walls and all this stuff but it's really cool it's a really cool place to be yeah really nice and uh yeah really nice to chat to him he had loads of time for us and uh you know really good i think we we covered quite a lot in this one actually yeah we did and um you know ben he's actually a really humble and welcoming dude you know like yeah. he, he, and he made us feel like that as well like get to give us so much time a day and he was so busy as well it was non-stop yeah yeah, yeah. And we, we had to wait we had to wait around for a bit for him to turn up and uh well he was there but he was just clients after clients and i could see more people turning up behind him when we were recording as well and i was thinking guy's not going to get out of there till like seven eight yeah totally night. but also you know that's testament to him and the, the business and the brand you know like how much they value their customers you know it's such a testament and i think you know that's going to come out throughout this uh this episode yeah yeah um we should say um a slight problem with the audio at the start so the first two minutes i had to rip the audio off the gopro because it just didn't record it so if the first two minutes is a little bit dodgy audio apologies but we've done the best we can on there and you can also watch it on youtube so luckily and, we were recording it really wasn't it and and to be clear when pete says we had some dramas with the audio it firmly means pete had some dramas and forgot to press record or press record three times as i'm sure he's about to explain no you've just done it for me That's yeah fine. there you go <laughs> <laughs> there was audio mishaps happened and uh I, I probably to be honest it was probably just me getting overexcited and forgetting well, to press record what i liked was the point where you realized and the i could literally see it uh, well not in the moment but when i watched it back the point in your head where you realized but secondly the point in your brain where you were like do I let Ben finish what he's saying or do I interrupt him slowly? And your finger just slowly started coming up to point at him and be like, uh, I've got something to say. <laughs> it's better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we get into this one, the sponsor of this show is Adrenaline Athlete. Yeah, and if you want to get 50% off the home editions of Alan's training program, um, for the home edition, use the discount code SURFHOME50, and that's all uppercase. And if you want to use the uh, gym version, equally, that is Surf Gym 50, all uppercase, and that will get you 50% off annual membership for Adrenaline Athlete. Yeah, cool. And if you want 10% off at Surface Wetsuits, use the discount code UKSurfShow22, and that will get you 10% off at Surface Wetsuits. 
Uh, yeah, so should we just jump into this one straight away? And you can then see the video on YouTube because mm. uh, we filmed this whole thing again. There we go with Ben. Hi, everyone. Cheers for having me, guys. Um, I'm, my name is Ben Skinner, and um, I'm the shaper at Skin Dog Surfboards and also professional longboarder. Yeah. And father to four. <laughs> Amazing kids. Amazing kids. You've been yeah. a busy man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. buy a TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TV license too much. Yes. <laughs> it's true. And the it's electricity. Yeah. 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 I like that you start off with that you're the shaper at Skin Dog Surfboards and not the massive accolades that come with the name Ben Skinner. That's quite a humble way of putting it, I would say. Well, I mean, essentially, um, you know, this is what, what I do now. Yeah. And, and, and um, essentially it's the forefront of how I support my family and, yeah, and also yeah. my career as well, you know, like making my boards and and um, having the ability to like design boards specifically yeah. to kind of do certain things for me, yeah, which, yeah. which I've really enjoyed and I think it's been the sort of the key to some of my success okay. um, competitively. But um, but yeah, essentially this is this is like we built this when my business partner and myself both found out we were going to be dads and yeah. and it was like what we're we going to do now like yeah i'm a professional surfer but that's not yeah, going to last yeah. forever and we all know as a uk professional surfer the money isn't it's not about the money yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um you know we're living a lifestyle yeah rather than making money mm-hmm. and so yeah i just that's i started this for a good reason and, and yeah. yeah that's why and I, it was it's funny cause i was going to bring this up but it's relevant now actually you said it i, I remember I looked for it earlier, actually, the conversation, but I remember you posting um, a few years ago, it was on my son's birthday, I remember specifically, and it was a po- it was a post about how, I want to say expensive, maybe not the word, but how much you have to put yourself into self-funding to compete. And I never realised for UK surfers that was the case. I think I had this expectation of sponsors pay for everything and you just go have a great time. And actually, that couldn't be further from the truth, could it? No, it's, it's definitely... Um, couldn't be fair from the truth but you know I have been lucky I have had a lot of support through the years and um, my sponsors you know they support me as much as um, someone like myself would be supported I, I guess but at that level even it's it's hard mm. to, to like I mean it is expensive to travel and some of my flights this year were just absolutely ridiculous you right. know like up to t- up to 1800 pounds for a flight That's to hell. go and do a contest yeah you know if you win you not you barely make your money back so yeah. it's never about the winning and and i'm not like it's not about sorry it is about the winning yeah, it's not yeah, about yeah, winning yeah. the money yeah yeah um, totally yeah and and it you know it never really has been mm-hmm. um so yeah self funding is like a must yeah and and you know yeah i've had successful moments but i've also lost a lot of events as well that i've spent a lot of money going to and yeah, right. you don't get anything back for yeah so you know it's it's um it's com- competition is like a roller coaster and you go up and down and it's a really hard thing like mentally to actually overcome and like enjoy you know yeah right yeah um so those things you have to kind of rule out otherwise you just don't enjoy yeah, totally. it because you're just worried all the time if you which i generally have been uh-huh. most of my life you know if i don't win i'm not gonna get home yeah, <laughs> you know? <right>. um <laughs> or at least pay pay my next uh electricity bill yeah, for yeah, example. Totally, yeah. and there can't so, be many other sports or where actually you spend most of your competition time 
losing like surfers. Don't you? It's not you know you're not winning everything. So actually you know getting early knockouts and heats etc. It's hard. Must be hard for anybody to to stay in the mindset of knowing that you know you obviously not expect to come out early in a competition, but it happens a lot. So it's not often people spend the time winning, and that's just unfeasible, is it? So there must be a hard mindset to keep that going. Yeah, it is. But I think. Um you know, like I tell my son all the time, it's like the the heats you lose are the ones that actually make you stronger. So, you know, yeah. it's it's a cliche thing to say, but it's so true. Yeah. And you, you sure, have yeah. to like, you have to learn from, from mistakes. You have to be honest enough to go, yeah. oh, the reason I lost this heat is because of this. Yeah. Um, instead of blaming the surf or yeah, yeah, yeah. the judges or whatever. It's like, just be honest with yourself and yeah. find the reason why you could have won that heat. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. or or you know and and at least if you come out with that in the end you become this you've got this armor of you know all these chinks in your armor that are all your losers you yeah. Know? yeah all your definitely. losses should yeah. i say that that in the end make mm. you much stronger and you you know yeah um so then you can start competing freely and you're making like micromanagement decisions in your head like yeah. quickly because you've, you've been there and you've done it so it's um yeah it's one of those things i think competing is hard there's no doubt about it a lot of people give up because mm-hmm. they don't like the feeling of losing but yeah. yeah um if you can sort of think about it that way and turn it into positive sort of therefore yeah um drive yeah. then then it's a good thing yeah and it says success is a lousy yeah. teacher yeah nothing to learn from that except nothing perhaps getting an ego out yes. of it yeah so also not only have you got to fund your own competing You've got a son who's competing as well, so you just doubled your <laughs> yeah, expense. Yeah. yeah, it's been uh, an expensive year. Um, but, you know, like, Lucas is getting a lot of support already. Yeah. Um, I've made sure of that, like, yeah. through the, the, the sponsorships that he's already got, and they've been incredible. I mean, you know, his talent um, to where he can go is definitely a lot higher than I've ever been yeah. um, in a career point of view okay. um, because of you know the sport he's in you know shortboarding Absolutely, yeah. if you reach that top level there there is big money there and, yeah. and f- potentially you know someone from england who has a narrative like he would have mm-hmm. to, you know to come onto the tour as like the, the first englishman since russell winter then you know that's valuable so yeah. you know it's 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 possible to you know to be a professional surfer from the UK, you're just yeah. going to have to work really hard mm-hmm. and put a lot of effort and time in. But he's already done that. And, you know, again, got some great sponsors behind him and, and we're so, super grateful for all the support he's already getting. Yeah. Um, because it would be really hard for me to, to try and sustain all of that on my yeah, own. Yeah, which, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it is hard, but I would spend my money on him over and over again, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how do you find it? Like, obviously you've got that proudness as a, as a dad like surfing with him and then seeing him compete and doing well and everything like that. But like, how, how do you find it knowing what you already know about the industry and how it can be that he's going to go down that same path? Um, I'm, I've got so much belief in him that, you know, I don't doubt him for a minute. Yeah. Um, so I'm just fully supportive of him and just I'm just going to learn from my mistakes and try and make some better decisions for him. Yeah. yeah. Um and and hopefully that you know that's that's good enough. I mean there's no book to be a parent or to do these things. Like trying to be a, an athlete manager, <laughs> yeah. you know, for your son who's 14, it's pretty hard, but um but I definitely learning every, every day with that, you know, and mm-hmm. and um 
for myself too. So it's the game's changed so much. Yeah. So you know, it's like f- sponsorship now compared to 15, 20 years ago when I first started getting sponsored is yeah. so different. Yeah, and the demands are much higher. And yes, the rewards are higher as well. Um, if you're at that level, yeah. Um, but the demands are super high as well, and you know that's that's something that that does worry me a bit. That um, you know that might put a lot of pressure on him as at a young age. But you know what, he he loves it. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he genuinely yeah. loves it, and it comes across yeah. in his poor. Awesome. So when, yeah. when you're talking about demands, I guess what do you mean by that? Is that just competition stuff, or is that all the social media stuff that goes with? what these brands now want I think people. the social media and the content for YouTube and yeah. the vlogging and the, you know the the insight to your life I mean yeah. it's like it's invasive in some ways some people love doing it some people find it really difficult yeah. and I mean you have athletes out there that are different some are, blog, mm. some are vloggers some are free surfers some are competitively driven yeah like you don't see many vlogs from Gabriel Medina no you know he's he's that's that it, it's you know but you've got to be really good at something right yeah, yeah so whichever yeah. sort of path you take down that sponsorship route there's going to be demands from you yeah whether it's you know results because you're competing at a world title level or it's yeah you know it's content driven so and getting the biggest wave or getting the biggest barrel if you're a big tube rider or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and, and so yeah it's demanding but also it's got to be fun and so yeah and and he at the moment he just finds it fun and and for him that's what it's got to be about at the moment yeah. I, you know i think there's definitely something that well you're doing something right because everybody I know that knows him and has met him has said he's one of the nicest kids they've ever met. So, you know, that's hats off yeah, to you and his mum yeah. because, like, he's getting good roots and obviously with you pushing him in that right direction, it's going to be... Well, every, well, I think you, everyone in the UK can just see he's going in the, in the right direction and it's going to be great. Do you know what I wonder as well? Like my boy, he's he's 15, so just a tiny bit older than, than Lucas and my daughter's 16. So they're in age-wise, very similar, all of them. And I just wonder, because I know what it's like when I'm trying to tell my kids to do something. Admittedly, it might just be me telling them to do the dishes and not go charge a triple overhead wave somewhere. <laughs> but I guess Lucas is maybe at the age, you know, that sort of teenage age, rebelling a little bit. How difficult is it as a parent trying to have a, a professional coaching sort of relationship as well as a do one dad? Like, I don't want to hear it from you. Is that a problem or? Well, I think it's kind of important to you know he knows when I'm being his coach and he knows when I'm being his dad yeah and I think like um you know we try and keep that very separate and like I don't really coach him like I don't know how to do full rotation here so right, right. I, I can't you know <laughs> technically like he's already yeah, okay. above my coaching levels yeah. um but you know life coaching and competitive strategy and stuff like mm. that's something I'm really uh, I'm good at and that's what I've built my career on okay. right that's it's been on that sort of competitive strategy that's why I've been successful competing I've found something that worked for me yeah um so he he knows that and he does listen to me when it comes to that and right. that's why you know being in Europeans and winning there was amazing um success for him and but you know result, yeah. being on the beach f- for me being on the beach each day telling him mm. this is the strategy today this is what you're going to do and he just w- our relationship was like amazing you know yeah yeah that's great to um, hear. so yeah I, I loved every minute of it and it was all him but you know we're we've you know he's my son so you know we've been on that journey oh, so, for sure yeah absolutely. for so long it's yeah. like day in day out yeah hour by hour so um yeah it was incredible how's the balance with the other kids then because your other kids because like lucas has this like limelight that he's in is there not jealousy but 
you know what kids are like, I know what kids are like they can be well it's funny you say that um you know Lila she's she's 12 and um this year she's just come into her own she's like yeah, her seen, surf yeah. level of surfing has come right up um she just got sponsored by rip curl i was gonna say ago. yeah that's yeah, amazing, um, amazing. so you know and this this last trip we went to switzerland i took lila because you know i always told her your chat your chance is going to come too mm. you know yeah like it's not Luke, lucas is doing it right now and soon you're going to be doing it and yeah and that's happening already and she's <laughs> she's starting to you know, we took her to the event. She got second in the junior girls there, Brilliant. which was incredible. And she's just, she's amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lucas is pushing her and like, I can't yeah, wait to good. see what she's so going to do. An exponential. Yeah. And yeah, then there's yeah. Levin, he's, 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 a, he's seven now. <laughs> and he's, he's like, he's a different character altogether, you know. Right. Um, he's way more of a free spirit and like, yeah. wants to do it his way all the time. He's very reluctant to let me show him how to do it. Yeah because he's seen his brother and sister do it and they don't get any help. And so it's mad how they like, they change through just having different siblings at different ages as well. Um, But they're all pushing each other and, you know, they get on and as a family, me and Michelle, you know, we spend our time at the beach surfing and, it's actually going to be easier once Levin is fully surfing so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can all go in at <laughs> right, the same yeah, time. Yeah, totally, yeah. How, uh, how competitive are the kids between each other when they're in the water? Uh, pretty good, to be honest. Like Lucas is, is um, you know, he's a nice kid, as you said, and in the water he's pretty encouraging. He He's always helping her and telling her, okay, do this, yeah. do that. And, you know, it's still Nico waves, but, <laughs> he's, he, you know, he's, he's in front of her going, do this, do that. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know. um, but yeah, he's, he's really encouraging and, and she, she listens to him a lot actually when it comes to that Yeah, only, um, but, um, but it's great. I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen no. and the kids can take, take a different path in life at some point, which between this age and 18 yeah. who knows but yeah. as long as they're happy and enjoying themselves at the minute which, which yeah. they are then, yeah, then that's definitely. the main thing for us as parents I think um, a lot of people think we're pushy but really not in fact it's the opposite yeah. I think because um, I actually try and wind Lucas in <laughs> and, and like <laughs> Lila I, I can't go out to sea and right, okay. you yeah. know Levin just wants to do whatever he wants so it's yeah. more of like a, trying to rein him in rather than yeah. push him to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to come back to something Pete said before. You said that, you know, Lucas kind of following the same path, but I would actually disagree that it's not the same path at all, solely based on the discipline, because I feel like in my head, you are probably the most successful British name in surfing history, and I don't think you get re- represented that way at all. I think actually it's pretty poor. And I feel like that's based on the fact that it's longboarding. And what I mean by that is maybe more at a WSL level. Sorry, what do you normally call it? Just because you Long, sat here with Ben. Longboarding. No, you don't. It's normally I just call it longboarding. 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 I feel like you don't get that representation. So because Lucas is doing shortboarding, he's more likely to, to get picked up. And I don't think longboarding gets the... Even though... Having looked, I think we spoke about this before, I've looked on social media, a lot of the accounts that, whether it be official or not, that, that promote surfing, it's generally probably higher than 50% longboarding content than it is shortboarding. Mm. So where do you stand on that? Do you feel underrepresented or? Um, yeah, sometimes, yeah. I think definitely a lot of the companies use longboarding when they want but and kind of don't support it at the at the athlete level. Yeah. Um, they use the image a lot. And, and whereas... In shortboarding, it's very different, but 
you know, again, I kind of chose that path and, and I knew what it was like when I went into it. Um, but I've made a lot of friends. Like I'm part of this community of longboarders that, that, you know, I really have had times of my life with, you know, so there's a lot more to it than that, but, but yeah, essentially, um, you know, I've enjoyed competing it's been hard. We don't. We definitely don't get the money we deserve. I'd love to see it change. You know, Therefore, the WSL yeah. at the minute are promoting the longboard tour, trying to grow it, um, and which is great. But for me, the money is still pitiful. It's like, you know, and, and I've said this to to Elo and to Jesse, mm-hmm. and we've been very very open conversations about about it, and and they agree. But like, we have to start somewhere to build it, okay. and and eventually. We, we would like to see that prize money raise raise and as I said before that's not why I was doing it and I no. said that to them too you know look I'm not here for the money otherwise I wouldn't be here would I yeah. you know because it's yeah, really not worth yeah. it yeah it's costing me money to yeah, yeah 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 and I literally said you know would, would you go to work for nothing because yeah. essentially that's what we're doing mm. and without us they don't have a contest so it is it is hard to take sometimes but I try not to think about it and let it bother me too much Fair one. and you know um, as far as being represented you know I've hopefully I can win that world title and tick it off and no one could ever take that away from Definitely me I'd like not. to like to tick that box that's been my goal as a yeah. youngster and obviously what I was telling you before that's the drive and yeah. w- one day you know we never know and it might not happen either and it's not the end of the world if it doesn't but um, you were there trying I'll be fine and I've got yeah. my kids and I've got yeah. my, you know, my family and my business so do you feel it's, uh, it's a token now really I think. yeah right, okay do you feel that support like that you get from not maybe maybe not as much but from people out there on social media and stuff like that when you're competing and you're oh for sure I mean going back you know support financially is one thing yes that's not there but as far as Britain is concerned and mm. the surfing culture I you know the support I've received um, specifically the last year and a half really yeah. um was just incredible and like yes i felt it and yes i felt the belief that people had in me um yes it drove me to do better and and i wanted to like you know i wanted to win for everyone sat at home watching as yeah, well yeah, and, yeah. and um yeah so it, you know and I, yeah i can't thank you all enough for that really i mean it's it's um just all the messages on instagram and you know when you post something when you go to sleep obviously the time difference is is, mm-hmm. is like post something when i finish my day and everyone wakes up yeah. while i'm asleep and comments <laughs> and then i wake up in the morning and have have 300 comments and f- of people believing in you and saying well done good luck you can do it it's like that that means a lot so yeah it's yeah. a powerful thing and, yeah. and to be fair like for all the bad press that social media gets i don't think it gets enough positive press for yeah, the positive it brings of course in, you know exactly yeah. that point you know the post i put out recently about my other half yeah I was genuinely, it was, I said to you, I think it was a bit of a, a faith restored in humanity moment. Yeah. I couldn't believe, including yourself, the amount of people that responded to me, sent me DMs, commented, sharing their stories and really opening up. And that is a powerful thing that you couldn't buy that anywhere. No, absolutely. And I think um, it does do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as it's used in the right way, then, yeah, then that's yeah. fine. And I think, you know, for kids and stuff using it as parents, you know, watching, it's like, you know, to someone like Lucas who needs it as a tool to make money and to, to be successful in his career. Yeah. That's a fact, you know, yeah. that's the way the world is right now. Yeah, it is. But I'm also going to control it and I, I see what comes in and out and make sure that it's, that you know, at the end of the day, he's 14 years old and that, yeah. that there is some control with it because I, it can get out of, out of hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there are lots of stories. Um, but 
essentially it's a good thing right yeah it's, um, yeah totally and and you can you know the people who post the bads i just don't understand it no yeah the, the, the trolls and everything you know and i've had that myself and it's it's really not nice it's mentally destroys you you know there's always um, one that cuts i always yeah. think i can deal with it and i don't even i realize i don't engage in them conversations because even if you've got the best comeback you still look a twat yeah. for engaging yeah but there's always there can always be a comment that you just i'll be thinking about it all night and i can't let it go uh, it fucking frustrates the shit out of me is it normally from me <laughs> it's normally, it's normally from you, yeah. <laughs> but it is people yeah, have got nothing yeah. better to do it's yeah. sad. no no it's sad but you know that's just use it in the right way and be positive generally exactly, through yeah, life yeah. right i think yeah. you know for each day and what you're promoting mm. and doing should be positive it's not I don't want to hear it no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. no, I think I've used social media like that I've done well for yeah. myself yeah. if I could surf man I'd be totally marketable it's really yeah. annoying <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just missing that <laughs> that aspect in fact I'm longboarding tomorrow in the comp I'm not a longboarder obviously so what, what could you tell me what could you advise me that just to help me turn that board where are you surfing it's going to be Tolkarn all right, nice. Closer to low. <laughs> Try and make the, the drop before it closes out. <laughs> I, 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 think I, don't, I had a longboard contest so once. to me today, nosedived and just slammed into the... Yeah. Got Actually, what was funny is we paddled out and I, I, look, I knew the set was coming and I ducked over. But as I was duck diving, I thought I'll have a quick look behind and see where Pete is, who's behind me. And as I surfaced at the other side, he was about 40 metres away. <laughs> I was so, there was like, I said to him, I see you checking me out just to make sure I'm still there because uh, going over in a longboard and he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm getting through this. I'm like, you prick. <laughs> you, know, you see someone take off on a wave as it's well, and you're like, no, don't yeah. go. And he's paddling, and all right, he's going. <laughs> he's uh, done for. That's <laughs> all the fun of it, isn't it? So, yeah, saying like longboarding then. So, when was the first time you got on a surfboard? Um, my dad started getting me surfing when I was like three years old, and like just on the inside in, in Jersey and Channel Islands, where we, where we lived till I was about 10 years old. Yeah. And, um, we spent a lot of the time at the beach as a family and surfing was like sort of everything, the thing I did with my dad, you know? Yeah. Um, I had three sisters as well. So it was like, you know, they, they surfed a little bit, but it was okay. like, you know, me and dad always went surfing, you know? That was the thing. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I, I fell in love with it really at a young age and, um, I, I just don't really remember learning to surf. I don't remember okay. the day or anything. Yeah. It's like, I, I remember like one of my first memories is being on the inside pretty much crying because I couldn't get out back. You know? um, <laughs> That's like us now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> did, it, did it come quite quickly to you? Do you remember? Or? Um, I, I mean, I would say to an extent, yes, but I've definitely had to work hard, at, okay. you know, um, building my career. I think longboarding definitely became easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was what I connected with the most, of, you know, in the end. Yeah. Um, which is why I took that path generally because I enjoyed it so yeah, much. Yeah. And I enjoyed competing on it and I enjoyed riding them and, and I enjoyed challenging myself in bigger waves on them. And, yeah, you, do you know, that, I yeah. had like, I, I enjoyed that. We we're a different generation of longboarders and it was like still shortboarding on a big board. Yeah, but I, yeah. it suited me. Um, and when I was younger, I enjoyed competing on a shortboard. I was, I got, third in the under four in the under 16 european championships on a short board yeah competed for great britain number of times in the world surfing games and yeah, yeah. and um as a junior and um so yeah shortboarding was my initial kind of pathway and i was with quicksilver from when i was like 11 okay. years old till 17 18 
Um, and when I was sort of 14 or 15, I started growing quite a lot at that point. I was kind of slow to grow, but all of a sudden yeah, yeah. I kind of grew quite big and I struggled in the contest environment, especially here in the UK at Fistral in August when it was really small. Mm-hmm. And there was um, an event that I lost in an early heat in a short board that, you know, I was trying to win the category. Yeah. And I lost in like the first round to someone three years younger than me because it was so small. Right. And it was devastating. I was like, remember being really gutted about it. Um, but there was a junior longboard division in it as well. So I ended up saying to Dad, can I just do that for fun? And he was like, yeah, do it. Do the open. If you yeah. want. So I ended up doing the junior in the open. And it was the English Nationals, actually. And and um, I ended up winning the under 18 and the open in that year. Like it was a bit of a fluke, I think. But right. whatever, I, I won the double and I was 15, I think. Yeah. And then the next year, I carried on sort of shortboarding and did some longboarding through the BLUs, really, the British Longboard Union, obviously, that was been from that age then I started doing that and yeah and um you know Minnow created a platform for us I mean the longboarding in Britain is a high level mm. um we've always been at the top of Europe through, through back, back from the days of Will Easton and yeah okay. and um Sam Bleakley and Chris Griffiths you know like yeah. there was definitely people leading the way in in Europe before myself and um so yeah and, and really I just enjoyed that family vibe that the BLU has and the fun events we used to have four or five a year and it was always just great fun. And yeah. I remember doing them feeling like no pressure and just having fun. I, was, I enjoyed it so much and I ended up winning a lot of it because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where I started to find my my, my kind of secret and my, you know, it was just finding that kind of happy place. And if I was happy and, you know, I was generally doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, shortboarding just started taking a back seat competitively. Always shortboard still, I make, Four, I've got four, six, four foot six skin boards I ride, and, yeah, and like you know twin fins and all sorts of smaller boards. But um, I like to ride everything and just have fun, you know. Well, it all so the competitive thing came away and just yeah. from shortboarding and yeah, it all went towards longboarding. That was really the change. So there wasn't even like wasn't like a progressive moment or realization. It was just a sort of slow burner in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and then the next year I went back and did the English again in the shortboard. Didn't do very well, and then did the the, the two longboard categories again because I'd won them a year before and I won mm. them again. And then you know I really started to like I, I enjoy winning. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. good at this. This is a path I can take, and and so yeah, that's I just did it. And luckily enough, I got sponsored by Oxbow at that time. Yeah, and they were one of the biggest longboard brands in the world, um, and they were sponsoring the World Longboard Tours at the time. So I had a great ten years with them, and we sort of they were they were actually paying for me to go to the events, um, flights and accommodation and stuff, which made it possible to bring my family. And so when Lucas was little, we did we did a lot of trips, like yeah. you know when he was young. Yeah. Um, got him in a pushchair watching the final in the Maldives at Pasta Point. And, Insane. You know, things like that where, um, you know, and I did well in those events and and um, had a great sort of career doing that. Um, but longboarding wasn't the same as it is now and it's definitely growing. But yeah. but yeah, I'm glad I took that path. I'm still kind of, still like riding everything. I'm a board designer, so. I, I've never seen you on a yeah. shortboard. I've been told by a few sources that you're insane. And I've like, seen. For the power 
I see you surfing with, and I honestly like. I'm blown away by anyone that's able to do anything on a longboard, but the power I see you surfing on a longboard, it looks like an amazing shortboarder and what you're doing on it. So I always think, if he was on a shortboarder, I imagine it being like, I don't know, a Formula One car on ice. Like the power you would put through a shortboard, I don't know if the board could take it. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 technique, I think, for sure. Like riding a longboard, longer rail, it's such a great feeling, like when you do a big performance turn on a longboard, it, it really is an amazing feeling. Yeah. I know that that's not what everyone's wanting now, and but that was one of the reasons I got into it. Yeah. Just the feeling of like riding a big board and being able to do a big turn. Yeah. It was really rewarding, yeah. um, especially a big roundhouse cutback. And when you've got a big long rail, you can put it in the water and you can push hard against it um, with bigger fins yeah. and everything else. So, but when it comes to shortboarding, it's, you know, having a ride bigger generally like bigger boards these days and yeah. big fin setups and big twinnies and stuff like that that where know. did the um so obviously you shape your own boards where did that start did, did you fall into that or was it um yeah kind of really i mean grazy my business partner at the time he was working for another factory and they were they were making my boards stuart surfboards and he was glassing them and um we 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 bonded real good and had, had you know became really close friends and um and we started making some carbon rail technology and stuff like this and yeah. and at the time the factory weren't too interested in doing that with us you know yeah. and it was that time that i found out i was going to be a dad and he found out he was going to be a dad yeah. and we didn't know but it ended up being 10 days apart the yeah. boys did and um <laughs> That was the, the 2008 was the year we started the business and it was, we decided to do it for them and for, this is yeah. our opportunity to like start our own thing and build boards together. So that's mm-hmm. what we started doing. And at the time I wasn't a shaper. I was, I was 22, 23 years old. I was, you know, really into designing boards and I was always involved with my shapers like Mark Neville and Chops the Cells. I had some great people that mentored me and Luffy from Portugal. So I had a lot of, um, and obviously Bill Stewart. So I had a lot of influences and design ideas and, you know, concepts of boards to surf the way I wanted to surf and everything yeah. else. So it was a natural progression, really. Um, but I wasn't a shaper at that point. I was just had it all in my head. So we started working with Chris Harris, who's who's a shaper. He actually is now a shaper for all the Pizels at Ocean Magic. Okay. Um, and, you know, he's been a great shaper for years used to shape for HIC and all these sort of people. So he's he's really amazing bloke and still a very good friend. And, you know, he, he really helped me a lot. And he was basically my shaper. And we used to go and design boards together and we'd yeah. go in the bay with him and we'd, we'd fine-tune him. And he's basically my hands, essentially. Okay. Um, with a lot of knowledge as well. So it was a great little relationship. And about a year and a half into it, um, he just decided he wanted to go back to college and he wanted to learn to um, do website design and it was all that time of you know yeah yeah that, exactly that time of um, life where everyone was getting into technical websites and everything else so um, he decided that's what he wanted to do and and so I said right cool and it was at that point do I get another shaper to help me or it's my turn to to get in and just get get amongst it and just step up and, and just step up and yeah. do it and and I pretty much like the next day I had orders to do and I went in and started doing it and and I've and um you know I'd I'd always dabbled in it and obviously Chris had helped me a lot and I'd been in the shaping room with these you know legends mm. for most of my life making boards from from sort of you know yeah 12 13 years old chops started helping me so 
um, had a lot of influential shapers and designers that sort of yeah you know crafted that can you remember when me? you realized actually you were onto something with it it wasn't just an idea that was actually happening and it was serious well yeah i mean you know we we didn't we know we spent a few months developing boards before we started skin dog surfboards and mm-hmm. that we actually had something that was worth you know yeah um fighting for because you know for the first few years of the business was one of the hardest of our lives because you know building a surfboard brand doesn't happen overnight you don't just become a surfboard shaper over overnight yeah um so it took it took a long time for us to build our brand up from that point yeah you know and that was back in 2009 so at that point it was time to just buckle down make boards mm. for people friends and start dialing in what i was doing and designs that, boards that i wanted to ride in my events and really like it over 10 i mean that's what 14 15 years ago now yeah um so the first sort of eight nine years was like just pretty much building a brand and trying to you know learn the trade and learn designs and yeah. you know build boards for the kids and learn about all of that and that's something that we've now got in our demo room in there where all of lucas's boards from age three years old are in there um same with lila and all some of the other team yeah. riders that we've got at different ages so now yeah. we've got you know a library of boards that that have you know come through this story with us and yeah and can help other kids sort of decide what they need for for their surfing as well yeah so um yeah it's been it's been a full-on journey let me tell you and there wasn't money coming in <laughs> um at what, that point <laughs> um what would you do on that then if you had to go back to the start of that when you were starting up what would you do different if you had to do it all over again I don't think I would I mean it's 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 um we worked out of other people's factories for like yeah probably 10 eight nine years yeah before we ended up saying right we need our own place and then we built this place so it was um at that point yeah i think i don't think i'd really do anything different um that's that's a fair answer yeah i don't feel like i've got any regrets because i've kind of always jumped to the opportunities i mean um i've never sort of thought you know, I'm not going to do that because I'm scared of doing it. I'm just going to do it, and yeah. you regret what you, you know, what you you regret what you don't do. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I've made some hard decisions as well. You know, like there's things I've said no to that I want to want to do, but it's not going to work for the business. And yeah. and you know, like um, we've really now just we were making boards for one of my best mates, Marky the Sales, who who mm. you know it was Chops' son who took on his business. And right. We still work really closely together. He, you know, he has the machine that we use and we, we get blanks from him. Yeah. And we were finishing all his boards for the first seven years of being here. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, it became too much towards the end and, it, you know, the margins weren't there and we were both too busy and the factory wasn't big enough. And so there's been some tough decisions like that where, you know, I haven't really wanted to make them, but um, we've had to. And um, the po- point is we're still good friends at the end of it and, and um you know Keep we carry nice. on helping each other and supporting each other yeah. yeah um because there's a lot of people in this industry that have got bitter and twisted over these things in the years and and end up falling out and that's yeah. something that we kind of try and keep ourselves to ourselves and yeah and be kind to the people that we work with and 
And, uh, you know, that's pretty much it, I think. Well, yeah. you know, I've been coming up here over the years, you know, I'm down here with army surfing and whatever. In fact, this has become the go-to place for people for damage and, and you know, things and whatever else. And even, I think yesterday we sent someone up with a board that got absolutely totaled yesterday. <laughs> but actually, even you, when you are, when you aren't here, the, the whole team are so friendly every time I've come up um, and including mutual friend who I got to know years ago, he used to be one of your, or your salesman, yeah, Phil, Phil yeah. who I think is the most stoked man and surfing absolutely and actually the most stoked man for you as well yeah, like yeah. he's literally he loves what you do absolutely and it's so humbling yeah. to see that you know no it's um it's incredible to have people like that around us as well you know and um but we we are like a family here and, and you know our spray has been here for eight years since we opened the factory yeah um and he was from spain didn't speak any english and we didn't speak spanish and, <laughs> right. and um you know it was, we basically got him in the van said will you come to the factory because he didn't understand yeah. what we were asking him we saw his artwork yeah another right, friend okay. of ours has said look this guy's an incredible artist yeah you need to give him a look he's about to go back to spain he's a kitchen porter you know yeah he's <laughs> over it he's he, he needs a good job <laughs> and so we went to meet him and then we said look mate just Will you come with us in the van? And he's like, me? Yeah. And we're like, yeah. Yeah, come with a lot of blocks on a van onto you know, our factory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> only falls of horses when <laughs> yeah. the van, <laughs> Totally. Yeah. It pretty much was very similar. Yeah. Um, so he turned up here and the place was like a hospital. A hospital was like untouched. It was like yeah. clean as anything. Oh, it was okay. like a... It was like, yeah, all white walls. There was no, really no clinical, posters yeah. anyway. Yeah, it was like proper, <laughs> like clinic, clinically clean, like yeah. pristine. No one had sprayed in that room at all. <laughs> And we said to him, you, it's great, isn't that? You know, that kind of yeah. hand, sign language. Yeah. And he's like, me? And we're like, yeah, you, come on, you can show us. Do the pin line. And he's like, okay. So he did one pin line and we're like, no, 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 took it off. See this? It's wobbly and like sanded it off. Try again. And he's like, within three times, he's got it. He's right. He's like, do you want a job? And, he, <laughs> that's so, and he's eight years later, he's still there working for Tell us. Tell me that's how you've employed everyone. He's, been, he's been an asset. Van. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, now he's literally he's part of the family and he's, you know, such a lovely, lovely yeah. kid. And so uh, he was really young when he was, I think he was about 23 at that point. Mm. When he kidnapped so, him. <laughs> yeah, when we kidnapped him. It's what it felt like, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It pretty much was. But uh, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so out of all the boards that you've made and you've got, if you had to pick one board to ride for the rest of your life, mm, and you're only allowed only one, surf that one, only board. surf that one board for the rest of your life, what would it be? Poor, that's a super hard one. Um, I'd like to think that never happens to me. It's <laughs> um, one of the reasons I make boards. Uh, I love them yeah. too. You know, I love riding everything. All right, so that's right. a tough one. So, all right. All right so, if, it's, if it's not one for the rest of your life, if you could pick three, your top three boards. Yeah, well, the Cherry Picker, the Over, and the Peacemaker yeah. are my three top boards, for sure. And it, why, why, why those three? um they kind of i feel like if i had them in my van anywhere i went in the world i could i'd be happy like yeah. i'd be able to surf whatever's in front of me pretty much and um you know that i'd least want to surf yeah <laughs> i'll definitely have got no nine six guns in there um but yeah um saying that you know I love riding barrels on a longboard and i have a specific board for that the slab hunter which is kind of like if I don't have that board when it's big and barrels, I 
almost feel like I can't surf. Yeah. Right. You know, okay. Like yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. good. It, it's mm. changed my life a little bit. Yeah. So that's a hard one that, you know, that one, but you know, I can, the over is a good replacement for me in that sense. And I've got a quad set up in that. Um, and I stick a quad in there and it feels much more like that style of board for yeah, me in hollow yeah. wave. So, um, yeah, that'd be those three. Well, do you know what? If you could only surf Fistral for the rest of your life, but only have one board for that, would you have a go-to for Fistral? Yeah, probably probably my cherry picker. Yeah. Is that I the mean, most popular model as well, the cherry picker? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that one. Well, you know, that the Peacemaker is still probably our bestseller. Okay. Um, and it sort of fits people you know from all around abilities yeah. to surf conditions to sizes and everything else cherry pick is much more advanced isn't um, it? well you say that it's 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 actually potentially an easier board to kind of trim and go along on yeah um as far as um you know it's a bigger platform it's a bigger board but yeah you have to it's it's potentially more technical the peacemaker you can stand pretty much anywhere and surf it whereas the cherry picker you know, you you do have to turn from the tail and, and yeah. you know, to get the most out of it, you want to be standing right on the nose and getting yeah. the tail in the pocket. So, um, but it will, if, if you like can slightly nose ride, then that board will change your life. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, See, that's, that's, it's, what I, that's what I think it's about. It's changed that's my what... life. It's, <laughs> yeah. It really has. Like, it, and it has competitively. I mean, it's obvious, it's evident in my results and, and, um, and you know that that the story behind that board is is um we made a video about it actually maybe we can share the link with you yeah yeah yeah. yeah. that's cool and it's 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 a longer sort of movie about where the cherry picker came from and the development of it as i was riding it through events and as my results started to get better with the trend of of of, uh longboarding changing towards traditional so um yeah really proud of that board and and what what it's capable of doing because it also mm. it's it's turning capabilities for for how good it on is on the nose it's kind of uncomparable that's the okay. thing for me about that yeah. board but yes you do have to be you know in the right place to make to get the best yeah. best out of it but um if you've got any sort of longboard skills at all then then like stick with it because it's, it will click it takes a, okay. takes a few surfs to get to learn to ride the board yeah. and, and understand the concept of yeah. you're writing us down you know because no, <laughs> I've, I've watched i've watched videos of you surfing the cherry picker and it's like it it seems like it sort of defies gravity because the closer you get to the nose the more it seems to pull and pick pick up the front of it 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 still in my head I, I look at it and i'm like it doesn't make sense how it's working i know how <laughs> nose riding works and i know how it should be but like you look at it and, it and the further you get to that nose the more it sort of digs in and the more it even lifts it's like you're putting weight on the nose but it's lifting you up even further the yeah, more weight you're putting exactly. on the nose you, you almost can like actually, hydrofoil you're, you're yeah. totally right and it is, is like a foil tail i mean mm. it, it does act like that in the water okay. and the more i lean forwards the more lift i get right um it's bizarre it's like it's odd it's it's um it doesn't make sense i mean no, but it does make sense yeah when you think about yeah but it doesn't make sense to my mind looking so, at it you know i think about it as like a it's like the back end of an f1 car essentially right right and it's and the whole thing is to create downforce in the tail um uh, do you know right okay i'm with you so yeah. forget about the nose giving you lift yeah in, in the, on the nose ride yeah it's um <laughs> delivery Cheers, mate. <laughs> Simon. We got beers brought in. Look at this service. service eh? <laughs> yeah, you have to feed it to him on camera. Like. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, mate. Thank no, I'm you. Good. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's um, it's not just uh, uh, boards. I realised yesterday, and we had a bit of a tour that it's fins and something that's never occurred to me before that you actually make fins specifically for the boards, yeah. which I didn't know was a thing. Yeah. Um, so w- what's the sort of score there? What, what, what's the reason? And so that obviously, you know, fins are doing different things, but for the equipment you're making, what's the correlation between having that? Well, essentially, like uh, you know especially the, the the boards we're designing they're specifics really essentially you're designing a board for a specific feeling mm-hmm. um and the fin contributes to that feeling like massively um how the board turns or yeah. you know for example on the cherry picker some people love surfing a pivot style fin in there okay um i i prefer a much more raked out like the sub that we've got with flying diamonds that's mm-hmm. my fin specifically for that board it's got lots of base so lots of hold and drive right but flexi tip and big enough that you know really good hold on the nose as well so you get that blend between long nose rides to more arced like drawn out turns okay. rather than pivoty turns so it depends on the style of surfing you want from it um, and fins do make a huge difference to that, yeah. which is why we took so much effort into making sure that we've got fins that do fit our boards. And yeah. when you come into the shop, then you know most of the boards we have here, we have fins that are specifically designed for that board. They'll work in any board as well, any style of board, but, right. but they've actually been designed by that shaper or designer to work with their board yeah. for a reason. So, um, and it does make a hell of a difference. And yeah. fins are personal though. And like, you know, like you might prefer a pivot fin more than I prefer a rake fin. Yeah. I do like the, um, I like the one I've got is the all rounder fin, which is the, um, oh, I can't think what it's called off the top of my head. I should know this, but you just put it on my board and go. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, know. that's the thing most people do. And, and, you know, I'm very much the same. I like to have one fin. I don't want to be confused either. Yeah. Like, um, so I've got my sub and that for me works in, mm. in all my single fins. And, and I know it gives me the feeling okay. I want. Yeah. Um, and then I have my performance set with FCS two as well, which is like a two plus one, mm-hmm. um, medium side fin with a seven inch center. Yeah. And that works across the mid-range boards and the performance long boards. Yeah. So, um, again, you know, like giving giving the boards the feeling that, yeah. that I want from it as the shaper and designer. So okay. most of the time that, that works with the customer as well. And, yeah. And sometimes they prefer a different style fin, but majority of the time we're giving you the, the advice to, to take yeah. that option. Yeah. So you're not obviously pushy with customers, but you, you try and have a two-way conversation about what do you think you want of course yeah yeah of course and most of the time we give people the opportunity to try the boards as well okay like most of our boards we sell are you can have a demo and try yeah. it and we feel that's the best thing i mean with the kids i rarely make kids boards unless they can try it first yeah. because i have so many options for them now yeah. why wouldn't they take that option yeah to try and there are some cases that people are too far away to do that um and then we work through different ways to 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 get to the best result for the kid but it's about like if you were going to buy a car right if you you would not buy it without test driving it. no totally yeah you would never do that and really that's the same thing with the surfboards in my opinion and why i feel so strongly about kind of i can sit here and sell you these boards all day long yeah yeah, yeah. i designed them i'll tell you they're great because that's what i think (laughs) Um, but at the end of the day without you actually taking one and going and feeling that and and feeling it for yourself yeah um you know so i prefer that and then they come back going you know what i love that board it's exactly what i need in my life and they go away happy yeah um rather than making the wrong decision it's also not good for business somebody buying something that they they desperately want go away doesn't work for them yeah and And it might just be the wrong board yeah Yeah. and they think it's you but it's not yeah how how much do you find there's a difference between what people want 
and what people actually need? Um, most people have got a good idea of what what they want um, and kind of what they need. I think half the battle is kind of breaking it down for people and kind of understanding where they surf, yeah. what conditions they surf in, like what they want to get from their surfing, why that board why that board isn't giving them that or is giving them that you know it's like trying to extract information some people like yourself you just stick your fin in and go surfing yeah um and, and that's fine and a lot of people will just get bored and they just they never know any different yeah and so so yeah there are people like that and that's why we want to help those people that's that's the mm. that's the people that you want to give the opportunity to try different things so yeah. they can actually go oh, actually this is the way i want to surf i didn't realize that but it is yeah no, so yeah. it's about like half my battle is trying to get you know and it might take a while to actually get to the bottom of yeah. what they want yeah out of their surfing rather than what they want in their arm yeah and then you can kind of go well actually maybe this board might 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 not feel so good under your arm but it's what you need under your feet yeah yeah um so it's it's um that's the kind of trial and error right, situation okay. that i think's good good yeah, to have yeah, yeah. and so yeah um if anyone wants to come and try anything that we do, then please do. That's yeah. That's, that's the right way to, to to buy a board. So what's the what was the deal with the Thunderbolt technology as well? So yeah, um, you know, I mean, that's you know, it's quite an amazing uh, thing that we managed to get involved with, um, and the reason we got involved with Thunderbolt was purely my passion to get on the best boards in the world, yeah. essentially. Yeah, um, and or the best construction. Yeah. Yeah. And I was seeing it, you know, I'm good friends with Harley Ingleby. We'd done a lot of trips together and contests and, and, um, this technology was getting made in his boards. It was amazing. And it was some of the best I'd ever seen. And I wanted my boards in that construction. Yeah. Know? And, um, lucky enough, I met Yusan who, who invented the technology, who was working closely with Harley. And we became really good friends over drinking beers and you know at the events and stuff and i kept saying to him that i really want to get my board to your technology well you know he's like well it's really hard like to do that you know yeah. you can't just we don't just make one board it's a big process to, to make make the technology and that one of the things they have to do is make a mold to put the high density layer of foam around it mm-hmm. um actually the the board is made 90 percent by hand Oh, um, is it right? Okay. Yeah, and um, so it's it's there's only one mold process, and it's shaped by hand again afterwards um, and refined. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's um, they're incredible craftsmen, and ended up going to the factory and meeting them all and seeing the craftsmanship and the technology and what actually went into it, and I was just absolutely blown away. Yeah. Um, so to get my boards in there, I borrowed some money, mm. um, and I invested in three molds to get going and I had to buy a 20 foot container to bring to the UK for those boards. Right. So it was quite a big investment to do yeah, that. Yeah. And, yeah. But I was, I, then I had my boards in Thunderbolt. We were the only, you know, some of the only people in the world doing it, especially the only people in the UK bringing it in and selling it. Yeah. So we did really well with the first container. We ordered a second container. And by this point, um, Thunderbolt was taking, you know, it was taking turning heads around the world and one of those heads was firewire and firewire ended up doing a deal with thunderbolt and um took the license to sell it globally okay so pretty much over you know 
two years of being involved with Thunderbolt often you know had no idea this was going to happen we ended up lucky enough signing into contracts that were selling our boards internationally from this little (laughs) business in Cornwall and Proud Park that's amazing so um yeah, that's was, like you said though you know you regret the things you didn't do because yeah. you could have gone oh I'd really like to do that but I don't want to get a loan to do it and blah 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 and, and I can't tell you how many discussions we had like that yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a, a real twitchy bum moment you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely we you know me and Grazy decided that if we don't do this now we're never going to have this opportunity again and we believed in it that much at the time yeah. Um, more so me, I think, because I was so I, I so I so wanted my boards and that, yeah, I bet, yeah, and to yeah. to be able to compete on them and have that edge. It yeah. was like I thrived on it, you yeah. know. So, but yeah, and as as you know, five years later, that's you know since that we started with Thunderbolt, it's been sort of two and a half, three years now with Firewire, and um, you know I'm stoked to say that we're selling boards in Hawaii and wow. in Japan and yeah. Korea and Israel and <laughs> you know. All around the world and um, in America, and more importantly, there's one at Army Surfing, Australia. Yeah, yeah we've, got, we've got one. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, extremely grateful for like the opportunity that we were given, um, and there's an obvious reason why Firewire did that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the best construction in the world, in their opinion. They didn't think they could compete with it, and you know we needed a we needed a sales team, and they're the best in the world too. So it's like it was a dream team, and. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, pretty excited and alongside, you know, people like CJ Nelson and Kai Salas and Taylor Jensen, Harley Ingleby, you know, some of my great friends and, yeah. and you know, fellow competitors. So it's like, it's pretty amazing to to have like carried the story on into into some international yeah, sales and, and working with some of my heroes and friends. I mean, so. you've, you've literally got a legacy and you've still got a long way to go before you even finish well, I don't it. know about that, but yeah. No, I, <laughs> I know, think so. other people would disagree, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I mean, we've got some questions we do normally ask, which I was just thinking about that and I was thinking of one more that a lot of people out there would kill me if I didn't ask, which would be, what tips could you give to people to improve their longboarding? Like, you know... You may as well ask it when you're sitting in front of the best longboard. Well, it it, it depends, you know, what you want to know. But um, so, like, do you want to, you know, your your basic specific? Yeah. So your basic tips for some. I think most. I think most longboarders would want to know nice, nice, good turns and nose riding. I think that's that's longboarders' dream. You know, nice big carvy turns and nose riding. Well, I think I kind of touched on it before. You know, using all the board. Yeah. I think that's the key. And I think longboarding is about footwork and and being smooth and using the whole board, right? And yeah. and so, you know, by saying that, what I mean is that if you want to do a good sweeping turn on a longboard, you you really want to be on the fin and over the fin and pivoting off the fin, not not from the middle of the board. It's really hard to turn a longboard from the middle yeah. of the board. And yeah, you know, there's some boards out there, like the Peacemaker is one of them that you can surf in the middle of the board and it's nice and easy. You're still not going to do the biggest sweeping turn of your life, yeah. but you can turn it. Yeah. So if you want to make those turns better and more sweepy, then yeah, make yeah. sure you're sort of turning from the back of the board and then, you know, try and engage the tail right. out of your turn into the pocket of the wave instead of a lot of people when they come to nose ride after that will will just use the speed and come out into the face and just run to the nose now if your tail's not in the pocket and there's nothing holding the tail okay so as soon as you go to the nose you just nose dive yeah. yeah 
which is what most people would do, right? I've never done that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's actually hard to nose ride without your tail in the pocket. The same as it is hard to to turn the board from the middle of the board. Right, okay. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, yeah, try and focus on... That's why the cherry pick is so good. That big wide tail, once it gets into the pocket, it engages and holds the board there and lifts the nose. Yeah. So then you've got this solid platform that's like actually feels like it's lifting you up yeah so you don't feel like you're going down you feel like you're going up yeah and, th- and that's the feeling to me that's the yeah. best thing in yeah. longboarding is is hanging 10 for a section and, and getting a lift through it right yeah. right um but you have to engage the tail to do that now that's an extreme but even just to do a good hang five make yeah. sure you're in the pocket going through a section not in front of the section on the face yeah um, and you know you what you'll find is if if you start doing good turns on the tail it'll put you in a good spot to go to the nose yeah and then when you come out from a good nose ride you'll you'll be in a good position to drop out of that into a good turn okay so the two so like complement yeah. each other and that's how you need to connect it all together right so so when you when you first know did a nose ride were you shuffling up the board or were you straight into cross stepping um I'm pretty sure when I was younger, I was cross. I did start cross stepping because um, before, one of the first times I started longboard, I think I must have been eight years old, and Joel Tudor had came to Jersey in '93, I think, for the Oxbow World Longboard Championships when mm-hmm. I was obviously really little. And my dad was president of the Circle Club, and he looked after Joel, who was only 15 at the time. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he's an absolute legend in mm. in the longboard world, and. Uh, he was such a nice uh, guy at the time. From, to me, he was just amazing. You know, he took me out surfing and called me to Grom and signed me a nice poster. And, yeah. you know, like, was super influential to me. Um, and his surfing was obviously impeccable. Yeah, yeah. And his foot, it was all about footwork. So I was very adamant, I think, from a young age to make sure I was cross-step. And I think it's one of the most important things. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as we went into more progressive longboarding, I think, mm. you know, there was more shuffles going on somewhere in between, you know, always a step back, but maybe a shuffle to the tail. And I think that's something I've really wanted to work on and clean up and feel like I've, yeah, okay. Imp- that's improved in myself yeah. indefinitely. Um, you know, but yeah. It's amazing how impressionable them little moments are. You know, somebody yeah. signing a photo, somebody you're giving you a little bit of time a day to talk. I, I never forget Logan Nichols saying to us about, you know, he ended up doing a beach walk with Gabriel Medina by chance when he was a Grom, but he actually gave him the time of day, spoke to him, and he said, you know, Medina will never know how much that will carry through in his whole career where he wants to be that guy, you know, doing that, passing that down. It goes such a far, it goes so far. Yeah, it goes so far. Yeah. I remember you telling me a story at the Wave about, was it one of the kids, was it with Italo? Was it about yeah. the £10 note or something? Was it Felipe. Was it Felipe? And, it Felipe? And Levin, yeah, my youngest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, classic story. I mean, um, yeah, Luke, you know, Levin wanted to get a photo with Felipe. That's all he wanted to do. And he's, you know, again, he's not He's not even really surfing. He's just like, yeah. the kids talk about Felipe. Felipe's his favourite. Yeah. So he comes out to surf and Levin goes up to him with Michelle and I'm in the surf. And uh, says, God, can I get a photo? And Felipe turned around and jokingly said to him, yeah, 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 but it's going to cost you 10 euros. And um, Eleven was like, looked at him and said, 10 euros? And Felipe was like, no, I'm joking. You know, you can come, <laughs> come and have a photo. Of course you can. Like, yeah. So he come and got his photo. And then um, two days later, we're, we're, down, we're going back down the beach and turns out Levin's managed to get 10 euros out of mine and Michelle's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and we're walking back down the beach to Super Chews. We're there for the event, the week to build up to the event. Yeah. And so 
we're going down there and Philippe comes out of the water and Levin goes running up to him, pulls out this 10 euros and just like gives it his 10 euros on the beach two days later. And like he just, Philippe had lost it. He's laughing his head off. All his crew were going, it's that kid, That's it's amazing. that kid, you know. And then he was like, he took the 10 euros and he was like, I'm only joking. Gave him back, gave him a hug and went, you're a little legend. They yeah. were laughing all the way up the beach. And um, I've actually got it on my phone. It's, I filmed it. Oh, it was, awesome. it was um, an amazing moment. That's something you know, but they're so nice, and Felipe yeah. was incredibly nice to all of us. Actually, free yeah. surfing, like I was free surfing with him for days before that event, um, and there was times it was only like three or four of us in the lineup. Yeah, and um, he was super chatty, really nice, really nice with Lucas, nice with the kids on the beach. Always yeah. had time for people. Um, so yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I don't know. Felipe probably doesn't get as much recognition for that as he probably should, because yeah, totally, yeah. he's um, he's a super humble, nice, nice guy. Yeah. So yeah. that was cool to see. Do you have a yeah. log with them guys and then top CT boys. Say again. Do you have a log with the top CT boys? Do you ever get out longboard them? Oh, yeah. I dropped in on McFallon once. If oh, that yeah. counts. <laughs> <laughs> but he dropped in on me first. To be oh, fair. fair, one. Yeah, you got fair it. And, and at Snapper for like the three years before. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I I have. Um, yeah, I've had. I managed. I shared. Tom Curran rode my longboard one day, and oh, I borrowed his skimboard. That wow. was fun, but um, but no, nah, not on the CT level. No, no. Oh well. Do you um sort of inspirational wise? Who's your go to? Who really inspired you to want to, you know, progress the way you did? Well, I think like Kelly Slater for me is like competitively. And what he achieved was like yeah. made me believe, you know, you could do anything. You can keep winning. You, mm. you know, and to me, you know, yeah, just the way he approached um, competitive surfing was just that really amazed me. I loved it. Loved watching him. I think it pr- probably did the whole world. Um, so yeah, he's he's always been that inspiration. That's my, you know, when yeah. I was a child, he was the future. So when I was a kid, it was it was all about Kelly Slater. Who's the um, thing? He still is the future as well. He still is. Yeah, it's just weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really um, is. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I um you know I enjoy and I enjoy watching other sports and like yeah you know, I love watching snooker. I love the you know the mental game of all those things. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love watching it and yeah love watching darts and funny things like that. You know, but I'm all about a bit of I've darts. Always, <laughs> always like watching other sports sportsmen and how they approach their sport. Yeah. And, and you know tennis is, is another one. Yeah. Um but uh yeah and just yeah I, I enjoy watching how I kind of try and get in how they're thinking and yeah, right, how okay. they approach and deal with things. I find that really interesting. So no. I guess it's sports psychologists not that I've ever d- done sports psychology but yeah. but um but yeah it's it's and it's yeah it's an incredible thing you once just, you start enjoying it. It just made me think then of how much in a competition is the mental part of it because like often people will say for like going surfing or like especially in longboarding they'll go out longboarding and it's peaceful and it's like it's, it's very mellow compared to shortboarding you know and the whole the whole point of that how much does that change when you go into a competition to to like because we all know like if you get in your own head when you're surfing you're fucked basically aren't yeah, you you totally. know straight away yeah it's um it's huge it's like competitive you know competitively the mental game's like 75%, really. Yeah. Um, sometimes more, depending on conditions. And um, it's, um, if you can get yourself in the right state of mind, surfing's always a joy, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, I touched on it before, that was kind of my, my secret was to like, yeah. I didn't like try and 
although like deep down I was taking it really seriously and I was really focused I'd try and just get into the atmosphere of the event I wouldn't wear head I don't wear headphones I don't try and cut myself off from anything just try and just be in the moment yeah. rather yeah. than like switching myself off and then readjusting and for some people that works but for me yeah, it just yeah. didn't work it threw me you know I've never thought about it like I, that before but yeah. actually that's fair that people do yeah. disconnect from the environment don't they yeah completely? they do yeah. and then for me I prefer to be really connected mm. with it and even if it is like the competitor to- the, the commentator talking or or you know whatever watching the surf then and t- chatting with my friends you know yeah. being like trying to be normal like if I was going free surfing that's what I'd be doing I'd be laughing yeah. with my mates and yeah. you paddle out so there's in in for me it's like trying to find that balance of of focusing and being like no, this is what i'm going to do but like enjoying myself to the maximum yeah. at the same time and that's when i get the best out of myself okay yeah um and so yeah it's you know it's everyone's different and you've all got to find your own happy place as yeah. you know and i love happy gilmore it's my favorite film ever so. <laughs> great movie so, yeah great, going great going, movie. going to your happy place was like, yeah for me like watching that film I, it was one of the funniest films ever and it stuck with me yeah you know? and it's true it's yeah. like it's yeah. so true just get that little voice so, go to yeah go, go to your place go to your happy place <laughs> happy. your home ball yeah. <laughs> that's a great movie yeah. and obviously you've surfed all over the world you must have had some horrendous experiences horrendous wipeouts apart from Is that ankle with the uh the ankle, which probably doesn't <laughs> yeah. even Minor. come close to yeah. it. what's your worst experience in the surf or worst wipeout don't really like talking about them but um i've had two specifically that were pretty serious mm-hmm. um and just yeah one yeah to a point of sort of in being dragged out and put on oxygen first time wow and um and being sucked through like a cave under the slabs in scotland <laughs> and, uh, then that's not ideal no and, and both both sort of unexpected not kind of really something you'd expect to happen on those days but did happen to me yeah um and yeah i've put myself through a lot of you know i love surfing big waves and i've you know paddled aliens and towed mullagmore and towed aliens and yeah. paddled years for years at cribber and and it's something i really love doing you know yeah um but yeah there's no doubt about it rattled you you know rattles you to hell when you have something like that serious mm. where you know you are close uh, on the edge yeah so um yeah but it's you know for a year or so it definitely definitely knocked me sideways and and i've had to build my confidence back up so okay. because um it's definitely like something that when it happens you don't really expect it yeah um no and but it's like a full reality check <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like, you know, um so yeah just i feel like just get more calculated when when you have things like that happen to you and just yeah. a little bit less reckless maybe yeah okay. um but yeah i mean as far as the wipeouts are concerned um both of them i've had to have potentially some of the ways of my life in the sessions that i happened in right um so you know you got to pay the ban that's yeah. exactly it. That's the roller coaster of surfing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, you, you, your answer was very similar. Not the wipeout bit, but the the first part of it. Someone I know is really good skateboarder, and he always says the same things. I don't ever want to think about the bad things that can happen, or mm. if someone said something to him about, "Oh, watch your ankles." He just like, "No, I'm not skating for the rest of the day now. That's it. I'm going." 
but yeah it's it's and he's like really good at what he does as well and i think that's it's you see a sort of a similar mindset across people who are really good at the 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 focus and the the how the mind switches on and off as well from that i think yeah yeah, it's just a, yeah. well it's, it's funny you say that because actually you know i find when i'm competing the build up to events you end up like living all the scenarios right and, yeah and whether it's an event or a big swell it's yeah. the same thing right mm-hmm. so you live in all the scenarios the possibilities the and and you know your brain will take you as far as you want to let it take you and you know as far as like a big wave a big session big wave session coming ahead you know yeah. you could take yourself to that point of like i could drown and that's the like worst thing you want to be doing yeah so you, you what your brain does is then puts the positives back in and takes you to the happy place and the good scenario yeah and and again you know in that film there was the, yeah. the good and the bad yeah. place. <laughs> yeah trying to get to your happy place and then the bad place comes in yeah and and that happens like to me when i'm competing i i'll i'll like relive like i'm sort of surfing heats sometimes months before you're thinking about an event and you end up in your subconsciousness when you're going to sleep you'll you'll like almost live the contest yeah sometimes you win and sometimes you get knocked out by not getting a wave or Mm, something happens and and so yeah psychologically you're kind of battling negatives with positives all the time i think that's just a natural thing through life as well yeah and trying to find that balance of like the positive and keeping yeah. the positives at the front and you the negatives are there it's just whether you let them creep in yeah so you know when you come back to your mate it's it's like he's he doesn't want those negatives to creep yeah. in and, and it's the same with me i don't i just don't want to talk about yeah. them because um it once you've talked about them it's easier for them to come out yeah so that's i think the psychology behind that one so, so the psychology, <laughs> yeah, yeah pete is still pushing it no no i'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Pete's gonna say so the psychology behind that one from the other side, the best wave you've ever caught. The wave you could, you've caught a wave and you the must have one. Whoa. Still, yeah. Not the one you're chasing, the one you've caught and you've gone that. If it doesn't ever get any better than that, that's it. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I've had a cut. Yeah, again, that's super hard because I've had waves on a longboard that are amazing, but I've had barrels that the barrels are definitely the waves that stick out. Yeah. They're, they're the ones for sure. So yeah, I've had I've had sort of a handful of waves in my life that you know really stick with you that will probably never go away, yeah. you know. Um one being at a local reef here and um another one at a reef in Ireland. Yeah. But I would say yeah, getting tubed is the best feeling. Yeah. And that's kind of what we will hunt. But then there's so much more out of surfing as well. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Yeah. And I've had waves, enjoyable waves with my kids and stuff as well that I could put at the top of that list. Now that well. I can relate to. Um, so, unexpected feeling. You know, and right now I just enjoy watching my kids surf. Honestly, I get as much out of it as like, you know, I go to the beach sometimes after work and I'm just like, yeah. I'm just going to sit here and watch my kids surf. Yeah. I'm happy doing that. I get as much out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless it's really good, of course. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Get to <laughs> and then I'm like, my way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to throw one more question in there just to probably really piss you off before you throw me out and go, I'm not answering any more of your stupid questions. <laughs> so you said, like, like how you've explained nose riding and being barreled, if you could only do one of them then? It would have to be getting barreled. Yeah. I mean there's something so exhilarating about it to me yeah. um but hanging 10 
<laughs> I see it. It's just slipped Katie in that element of doubt. Me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's. I I have to say, I I I really do enjoy a lot of aspects of surfing. I and I think that's that's a good approach to have is yeah. to be quite open minded. I think more people should probably do that too. Yeah, and like instead of like oh, I'm just riding a shortboard mm. and that's what I am. That's what I do. That's what I ride. It's yeah, like, we're just just try something different all the time and it honestly it's like the best thing so it's really hard like i'm quite an open-minded surfer <laughs> yeah really. yeah to, to put me in a box and like, oh, well, that's what you want to do it this one's tough but yeah so but yeah getting tube there's nothing that beats a big barrel there's nothing yeah. that really compares to that um yeah and i think the fear aspect of that like tops the tops the exhil- the exhilaration right yeah um yeah well, amazing yeah well it's been absolutely amazing to speak to you thanks for taking the time um same boys Thank you want to tell anyone out there where you can they can find you online and uh yeah um yeah one more thing before i do that as well just want to thank my other lad here charlie we didn't really get to speak about him but um he's been here for like five or six years now as well and he's like the glue as well that holds the place together yeah um and yeah just to thank them for all their work from they've done for me amazing um, before I forget because <laughs> right. yeah it means a lot without them it's like you no know, definitely it's I'm never just a one so, band is it you know Grazy Charlie and Dan you know and obviously Phil in the past yeah um, thank you all um, and yeah if you want to come find us you want to come meet Charlie and all myself and Ferdy and Crazy then just come in say hello because we're you know we're always here um, uh, in Prow Park in Newquay um, Prow Park's opposite the McDonald's Liddles turning and amazing place as well yeah you'll find us in here built in containers you'd have to uh follow the skin dog signs round to to where we are as well (laughs) (laughs) so um but yeah we've got you know we're really proud that we've developed the shop this year the retail space and we're proud to be selling only wetsuits as well and we're you know a huge stockist for fcs we've got anything you pretty much need in the in you know as a core surfer um, from you know any accessories to surfboards that you need yeah and the main thing is we love chatting surfboards and surfing yeah, so yeah. you know um, if you've got any advice or anything you want to try some boards then you know come up and see us yeah and, and you're uh, on Instagram and the shops on Instagram as yeah, well isn't it yes yeah so my tag is skin doggy dog and we're skin dog surfboards for the business um, so yeah you can direct message us on there find us fire us any questions obviously the website's online skindogsurfboards.co.uk yeah and um, yeah um, thanks a lot for having me guys uh, I presume if anyone's pleasure. if anyone's looking for a job at Skindog Surfboards they should just break into the back of your van and wait <laughs> pretty much <laughs> is that that's like a job interview <laughs> hello sir plead poverty otherwise you're going to get sent back to Spain <laughs> oh, amazing. amazing awesome cheers Ben <laughs> Well, cheers for that, Ben. Yeah. And uh, yeah, how was that, Pete? It was, it was, like, that was really good fun. And, and, you know, the good things about it was like the, the advice he gave you for longboarding, how much you took into the, uh, of the advice in it when you went on to the longboarding day at the... Uh, ah, yeah, in the comp. Yeah, I took, comp. I, took, I took all of it in because yeah. I came third. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we had video of that pirouette spin you did off the cherry picker when you tried to turn it. <laughs> oh, for sure. I don't even think Ben could have done that, to be fair. But um, I mean... He knows what he's on about, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I like, I like the fact of like when I said, you know, people would say if I didn't ask longboarding tips, he's like, well, what do you want to know? Like, basically, where do you want to start? Because I can tell you 
everything about everything. And yeah, it's totally. Like, it's you know, it's one of those things. You're sat in front of them. Where do you want to start? Uh, it's like going to the garage and going, "Oh, my car keeps making this sound. What sound? Oh, it's not doing it now." <laughs> <laughs> what I liked as well was um, when you asked about if you could only do you know one type of surfing for the yeah. rest, you know, whether it be barrels. And he's like, oh, I'd be barrels for sure. And then it was so confident, but then that element of doubt just creeped in and was like, yeah. oh, yeah, but actually nose riding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, lovely guy, loads of time for us. And, you know, busy schedule and he had loads of time. So thanks a lot, Ben. It was just great to have you on the show. And, you know, them boards as well. What, what are, you know, for, like you said, just a small factory in Cornwall, to be on the world stage, you know, yeah. with Firewire and Thunderbolt technology. What an achievement. What an absolute amazing accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, I think um, that's pretty much it for this show. And um, unless there's anything else you want to say. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <an> idiot. <laughs> a lot of people will be like, What's, what does that mean? But they won't get the inside joke. Don't forget, we're like 39 <laughs> countries now, so some some countries don't celebrate Christmas. Well, they don't, but equally, you know, with the time zone, maybe they've not had Christmas yet. <laughs> don't think that's how it works. But <laughs> what the hell? Uh, see you later. <laughs> so if you want to get 50% off Adrenaline Athlete Home Program, Home Edition, use the discount code SURFHOME. 50 all uppercase and if you want to do the gym edition use surf gym 50 and that will get you 50 percent off annual memberships for adrenaline athlete strength and conditioning coach yeah and then don't forget if you want 10 percent off at surface wetsuits that's spelled s-r-f-a-c-e and use the discount code uk surf show 22 that's the number 22 at the checkout and you will get 10 percent off surface wetsuit orders I don't know why they don't use UK Surf Show 10. I get that, you know, that's the year, but I would assume I'm getting 22% off. That'll be last year when this comes out now. Yeah, I'm assuming I'm getting 22% off for that. You're just making my life difficult to edit. That's all you're planning on doing. It's just nonsense. This is actually supposed to be a proper... A proper one for an interaction uh, of someone, not a nonsense one where we just rabbit shite. It's all nonsense. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, thanks again, Ben, and we will see you next time. Yeah, take care.